Welcome into Winnipeg Jets Weekly. I'm your host, Connor Rabjack. This is episode two of the series, and if you haven't checked out episode one already, make sure you check it out on the Winnipeg Sports Talk YouTube channel, and make sure you leave a thumbs up on the video. Over the past week, the Jets went an even 1-1-1 one, one, one against the New York Rangers, the Vegas Golden Knights, and finished it off with a 5-3 win against the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday. So let's get into those games, starting with Blake Wheeler's return to Winnipeg. The Jets found themselves on the losing side of this one, losing 3-2 in overtime, but the major storyline was Blake Wheeler's return to Winnipeg. Longtime captain of the organization, holds a lot of records of stats in terms of goals, assists, and points. He's up there, and it was a special night. They did a tribute for him, and it was... Wheeler kind of held back tears. He, he said in the post game that it was tough for him not to get emotional on the ice, and the tribute video was very well done. For the people watching at home, they didn't get to see it until it was posted on Twitter and YouTube. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, make sure you go check that out because it was very well done by the Jets organization. In terms of the actual game, the Jets once again outplayed their opponent at 5-on-5, five five, but special teams were the difference. This was kind of a seesaw battle back and forth. Nikolai Ehlers puts the Jets up 2-1 with roughly 15 minutes left in the third. And then the Jets give one up. They get a power play late, can't convert. Overtime rolls around, and the Rangers' key players take over from there. On the winning goal, Mark Scheifele, Kyle Connor, and Neil Pionk were out for over a minute, and you could definitely tell they were a pretty tired bunch, and the Rangers took full advantage. Mika Zibanejad on the one-timer for the win from Artemi Panarin, and the Jets started out the week 0-0-1. The Jets were able to salvage a point in this one, which was good, especially given how well they played at 5-on-5. Five the special teams was the major storyline. Huss and Remus talked about it the next day on Winnipeg Sports Talk. It was a big topic of conversation because the Jets went over 3 in this one. They had the power play late in the game and they weren't able to convert and ultimately lost the game in a game that they should have won. Uh, against Vegas and against Arizona, the games I'm about to talk about, the special teams did take a bit of a turn for the better, but in this game, it kind of reached a tipping point within the fan base where people were fed up that the power play was not generating anything, the penalty kill was giving up goals, and it was costing them games for a team that was genuinely outplaying their opponent at 5-on-5. Five five. That then brings us to the Vegas game where the Jets suffer a defeat 5-2, to two to the still undefeated in regulation Vegas Golden Knights. Most recently, at the time of this recording, they actually just pumped the Colorado Avalanche 7-0 on home ice. So Vegas is legit. Uh, the Jets didn't necessarily outplay them at 5-on-5, five five, but they definitely didn't look overmatched at 5-on-5. Five five. Jonathan Marchso comes away with the hat trick for Vegas, and they look loaded at every level, forward defense and goaltending, and they just rolled the Jets in this one. The highlight of the night by far for Winnipeg was Kyle Connor's goal, which tied it up at 1-1. He made an incredible move from forehand to backhand to the middle of the ice before backhanding it over the glove of Logan Thompson. It made the rounds on Twitter and made the rounds on Instagram. It was a very, very nice goal. And that's what Kyle Connor does. He scores pretty goals and the Jets needed it badly in this game and he got them on the board with an impressive one. Another thing to note in this one was the Jets' power play got on the board. Alex Ayafalo, the second Jets goal of the game, kind of hit off of him as he was just in a net front battle in the crease, but it's a power play goal nonetheless. I wouldn't say the Jets' other power plays they really generated at the level that they were hoping, uh, but that goal, I mean, it counts as a power play goal. Maybe you can gain some momentum from that. But the power play didn't really look any better in this one. The Arizona game that I'm going to talk about next is the game where the power play really did generate enough. And uh, it even came away with some goals. 
And for you Jets fans that are already tired of Vegas, they don't play again until late March. So you're getting a break. Vegas is the hottest team in the league right now. I talked earlier about how they're still undefeated. But the Jets don't have to get them at their current form, at least for the time being. Not until later in the season when these teams might look a lot different. Uh, Maybe some deadline acquisitions on one side or the other could sway some things. But yeah, tough season start for the Jets 0-2 against the Vegas Golden Knights. And the one Jets win of the week was a 5-3 matinee win over the Arizona Coyotes. Now, by far the biggest storylines in these games, Nino Niederreiter's hat trick and Brendan Dillon's three-point night where he put up two goals, including the game winner, which went posting in uh, to put the Jets up halfway through the third period. Just an incredible shot from Brendan Dillon, who hadn't scored a goal in 31 games before this one uh, and ultimately gave the Jets the win. Now, firstly, Nino Niederreiter, that third line continues to just be a force offensively. Nino did get one of his goals on the power play from Nikolai Ehlers, which was a very nice play. And that second unit actually started a few power plays later in the game due to how good they were looking and how much offense they were generating. And Nino put one on the score sheet and the power play. It was the first game out of the week, out of the three, that I would say they actually looked like they were generating as much as they should. And they got rewarded for it with that Niederreiter goal. The Jets continued to roll at even strength as they dominated all the fancy stats, expected goals, the shot attempts in this game, which is what you should see from a team with playoff aspirations, especially playing against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Where you really saw them start to dominate was after the first period. First period was kind of ugly from Winnipeg's perspective. Not a lot of shots on goal. I believe they only had four in the first period. And then Arizona jumps out to that 1-0 lead on their goal off the rush. But to start the second period and the rest of the game, the Jets were the better team in every phase and they came away with the win. And one of those phases, which we haven't talked about in the two previous games, was the penalty kill. The penalty kill was kind of an issue as well, but it was being not talked about enough, I would say, because of the power play struggles. But in this game, the penalty kill was great. They did give up a power play goal to Lawson Kraus. There was about three seconds left on the penalty. Scott O'Neill did say after the game that he did really like that penalty kill, the one that they gave up the goal on. The Jets' penalty kill did look a lot better at suppressing chances. Hellbuck made some big stops. He wasn't really tested much at even strength. But the Jets' special teams, both power play and penalty kill, took a big step forward in this one, and it's much needed for a team that's kind of been middling record-wise to start the season. I mentioned the Kyle Connor goal in the Vegas game as the highlight of the night. I feel like I've got to mention the Brendan Dillon one again. Put the Jets up 4-3, ended up being the game winner, his second of the night. His first goal was a bit of an awkward one. He just kind of found himself in the slot, didn't really get all of it on his shot, and it found its way into the net. But that clearly gave him the confidence to step into one and fired off the post and in in the third period. Definitely an unsung hero for the Jets, putting them up late, up 4-3 against a division rival on the road. Brendan Dillon, what a shot. It's now time to get into the segments portion of the episode. We've got the hardest working Jet and the three stars of the week coming up. But before I get into those, make sure you hit the thumbs up and let me know who your hardest working Jet of the week is. My choice for hardest working Jet of the week is none other than the captain, Adam Lowry. And if the third line doesn't cool down anytime soon, they're just going to keep running away with this award. Mason Appleton won it last week. Adam Lowry wins it this week. And it kind of goes without stating that the captain is going to be one of the hardest working jets on the team at all times we talked about blake wheeler earlier in the episode he always was 
Adam Lowry early on in this season has. And I feel like he's been the driving force on that third line in terms of being an energy shutdown line while the other two drive more of the offense. And if you're a fan of the analytics, then I'm sure you've been a fan of this line early on in the season. According to Money Puck, with lines with at least 50 minutes played at even strength, they are fourth best across the entire NHL in expected goals percentage at 66.7%. That incredible mark of expected goals has translated to real production as well as they're outscoring their opponents 7-1 to one at even strength, and Lowry's been at the center of it all. Adam Lowry doesn't get time on the power play, but he was a part of the resurgence from the penalty kill on Saturday against Arizona. He was sending the tone offensively, defensively, and because of that, he earns the hardest working jet of the week for episode two of Winnipeg Jets Weekly. Now it's time to get into the three stars of the week for the Winnipeg Jets. An even week in terms of record with one, one, and one, but there were some individual standouts, especially coming from that Arizona game. My third star of the week is Cole Perfetti, who actually had a goal and three assists for four points over the three-game stretch from a week ago, which I think kind of flew under the radar in terms of that second line. So much of the talk is around Nikolai Ehlers and how healthy he's looking, but Cole Perfetti's really coming into his own, especially coming off the injury last season. He's looking good. I mentioned the analytics for that third line, and the second line is actually no different. When you look at Corsi percentage for lines across the NHL that have played at least 50 minutes... That Nemesikov Perfetti Ehlers line is actually one spot behind the Lowry line. Nikolai Ehlers is getting healthier, Cole Perfetti is looking better in his third year, and Nemesikov seems to be the perfect third wheel for those guys, and they're really coming into their own. And if that second line can get going, the Jets can have three dominant offensive lines in their top nine, and that'll be a huge weapon going forward for them. My second star of the week is the offensive juggernaut himself, Brendan Dillon, who had the two goals and an assist in the game against Arizona, which was kind of a huge goal for the Jets and where they're at in their season. They're kind of in this middling record in the middle of a road trip coming off a rough loss against Vegas. Brendan Dillon gives them the goal, turns out to be the game winner, and the Jets can now use this as momentum going into Tuesday, another divisional battle. But yeah, a great game from Dillon, and I feel I couldn't leave him off of this list, especially since he's coming off arguably one of the best offensive games of his entire career. My first star of the week was the other guy who dominated the Arizona game, and that's Nino Niederreiter. He obviously had the hat trick. Now on the season, he's up to five goals, four assists, nine points, and he's got 31 shots on goal, which are tied for second on the Jets with Nikolai Ehlers. Cal Connor sits in first with 36 shots on goal. But Nino's come exactly as advertised. Obviously, the Jets acquire him for that second round pick a season ago at the deadline. He's got one year left on his deal. And we actually got a report from Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun that this may not be his last year in Winnipeg. As you can see here, Scott is reporting that Nino Niederreiter's agent is expected to be in town next week for the week. Niederreiter wants an extension in Winnipeg and Scott says, we'll see where it goes. This was a news drop at 11.15 on Saturday night coming right off of Niederreiter's hat trick performance. Had a lot of Jets fans fired up and wanting that extension to come now. And for a guy like Niederreiter, who's so highly spoken of Winnipeg in the past, I think it would be a wise move for the Jets to get that deal done sooner rather than later. Now, before we wrap up the video, let's roll through the upcoming games on the Winnipeg Jets schedule. I already mentioned on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., they're going to be facing the St. Louis Blues, another divisional matchup. It's their last on the road trip. 
before heading home for a five-game homestand starting on Thursday night against the Nashville Predators. Again, another divisional matchup, and it doesn't stop there. November 11th against the Dallas Stars is another one. That game was moved back an hour to 2 p.m. As many of you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be taking on the BC Lions at 5.30 from IG Field that day. That gives enough time for fans and some media members to attend both making it from the Jets game and barely making it in time for kickoff at the Bomber game, but should be a fun day of sports in Winnipeg. The homestand continues into next week as the Jets have two Eastern Conference opponents coming to town, starting with the New Jersey Devils. Now, the Devils announced today that their star player, top line center Jack Hughes, is week to week with an injury, so they may not be without him when they travel to Winnipeg. And then Friday night, the Buffalo Sabres, Tage Thompson, 6'8 center, puts up a lot of goals always a fun player to watch that should be a good one let me know in the comments below your predictions for the next five games for the winnipeg jets starting with tuesday night in st louis that's going to wrap it up for episode two of winnipeg jets weekly thank you for checking it out and if you haven't already make sure you leave a thumbs up on the video make sure you're subscribed to the winnipeg sports talk youtube channel and make sure you check out huss and remus every day monday to friday from 1 to 3 30 on Monday's show, they're going to be having John Shannon and Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press on the program, so make sure you don't miss that. Winnipeg Jets Weekly will be coming to you every Monday morning, recapping the week and previewing the upcoming week, so make sure you're subscribed to Winnipeg Sports Talk so you don't miss any of those videos, and hit the notification bell so you get notified every time we post a video. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Enjoy the week of Winnipeg Sports, and until next Monday, this has been Winnipeg Jets Weekly with your host, Connor Rabchak. Have a great week, everyone.